I was thinking the other day about the people in my life that I love, the things in my life that I have, and how it's important to take care of those things, and more importantly, those people. Then I started thinking about Robert Edge with Kentucky Farm Bureau and what he does for my family and for my things, our properties. When I think of insurance, when I think of home, auto, and life, I think of no other and no further than Robert Edge with Kentucky Farm Bureau Insurance right here in Kentucky, ready and willing to serve mine and those I love. Call Robert Edge at 270-929-4215 or email him at robert.edge at kyfb.com. Coming at you hot. I don't. That mean that was a cold noise. I'm, that was dumb. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna own it. Don't look at me like that, like a disappointed dad. I wasn't even looking at you. you literally, you, when you were. Said that. Well, you look, but then you look <laughs> down. Like, are you having kinda, a rough day? No, it's kind of like the kid that goes up on the t-ball stand and he strikes out. Well, you don't. You can't strike out in t-ball. <laughs> but, I think you can. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that's I did. Really, that's sad. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to, uh, well, Can first just, of all, first of all, yes, yes. I just, I just want to say, I think you're really funny. Really? Yes, Thank you're you. funny. You're witty. You say really funny stuff. See, that is not something this podcast knows about me, I think, because I'm, I'm, I have to be, you know, I have to be the counterweight <laughs> to much. all of your what? squirrel moments and self-deprecation. And so people are like, oh, he's really dry. No, I mean, perfect example when you said, I mean, like, who really likes plumbing? And Brent said, it was like plumbers. Plumbers. Yeah, I, that I made think, Brent funny. No, it's funny because it was just like a. <clears throat> anyway, I was trying to, I was trying to encourage and 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 give you a compliment. Hey, thank you, man. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. Yep. So, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Nathan. Good day to you. Good day to you. I'm Jonathan I'm Carroll. Nathan Morris. This is... You'll Die Trying. It's a podcast between two guys who are trying to figure it out, and we're doing it in a very public way. Hey, a very cool thing happened today. I had someone come to my office, and I asked how they ended up there, thinking maybe they'd been referred, and they said, well, uh, from your podcast. That's awesome. Isn't that lovely? That's awesome. I'm very grateful to that. That is really awesome. And we have... Them. Yes, we have our uh, You'll Die Trying coffee mugs, care of uh, Megan, who on a previous episode, we were talking about if you wish to send us letters, notes, swag, and talk about your product, you can do so by uh, sending it to P.O. Box 1160, Owensboro, Kentucky, 42302, attention, You'll Die Trying. Well, she did that, and we've got these awesome mugs here. Yeah, so we are going to be having a, uh, a giveaway for our 50th episode, which is coming up. It's a big celebration. Yeah, it really is. More details to follow. This, however, is episode 46. Let us not get ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Lots can happen between now and then. So uh, looking forward to that. I would like... Oh, you were going to no, say something. No, I was just going to say, buckle up, put your seatbelts on, let's roll. What's up, everybody? <laughs> okay, so I would like to talk a little bit today about relationships. 
Surprise, surprise. But <sighs> big sigh. No, I'm uh, excited. In a recent Psychology Today episode, uh, episode, periodical. What do you call that? Issue. Thing. Issue. Mm-hmm. I've got issues. Um, and it is a, a, a Psychology Today is, a, is a, a magazine that I take and I have it at my practice, and it's it's really good kind of popular pseudo-academic journal that's very publicly accessible, dealing with psychological issues and relationships, et cetera. Do you cut out the address <laughs> like they do at the no, doctor's no. office? No, because it comes to the doctor's office. Okay, well, that's good. Well, some people aren't as smart as you, well, and they, they send it to their because, personal address. Exactly. so silly. Anyway, well, good job. I wouldn't have known that if my wife hadn't told me. Have them sent to your office, or you have to cut the thing off. Well, we're just dumb guys. Don't you hate when you go there and it's like, oh, this is good. This is a magazine from it's from 1983, and it's in that like plastic cover, like that yes, somehow prevents yes. sneeze and bacteria. But it's totally riddled with sneeze and oh, bacteria. It's absolutely, terrible. you actually get the flu by touching it. By the way, I got my teeth cleaned yesterday. Oh, uh, you, your teeth are white. They're very good. They're, well, thank you. Anyway, speaking of doctors' offices, I encountered magazines in that one. Okay, so relationships. There was an article called Your Relationship Bill of Rights. How cool, right? We never tend to think of what rights do we have going into a relationship. We think about rights when it comes to everything else. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to relationships, especially as we begin them, we're always putting our best foot forward, putting our best face on, our, our Sunday dress. You know, we're always, it's our best impression and we end up giving so much of ourselves away trying to ensnare the other person into a relationship, and then that relationship gets codified maybe through marriage or through exclusive uh, rights or whatever, and then we realize, oh, wait, we're still a person, and we still need things, and we are, uh, we're different than how we presented ourselves, and relationships go to hell in a handbasket, yeah. and that's because we have forgotten a part of what our rights are as individuals in relationships. So I thought we would talk about today, Relationships Bill of Rights. Let's do it. All right, so number one. Oh, gosh. We the couple. No, I'm just kidding. In First order of all, to form... <clears throat> so, <laughs> a more perfect union, exactly. Uh, so because we enter into long-term relationships, we sometimes have a, a list of things that we would like to get from and hopefully things that we're willing to give to our spouse. Um, but there's recent research that suggests... Um, that there are uh, certain gestures that are important for fostering success in your romantic relationships that are closely associated with long-term success. Things that you do, practices that you commit to that make it more likely for your relationship to last. And uh, collectively, it is said that these can be thought of as the Relationship Bill of Rights. Number one, you have the right to your partner's attention. Discuss. Yes. That is important. <laughs> right to your partner's attention is important. Yes, partners deserve to be listened to, acknowledged. I mean, you don't need to be watching episode 16 of season three of The Americans. You can hit the pause button and hit rewind and start over if you need to. If they deserve, if they need some of your time, they most certainly deserve it. That's, that's just a general. You're welcome. A 2017 study on relationship experiences that was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that on the days when their partners had supported them or said something that made them feel loved, people reported a higher relationship quality. Hmm. Uh, So how do you get the uh, other person's attention? If your partner is kind but not necessarily naturally attentive, it may help to say what it is that you need. 
right? And then give positive feedback when you get it. I just clap and scream really loud in the house. And if there are busy schedules, uh, then, you know, you have to engineer some other way to do it, like spending time together in actual conversation, putting your phones down, not having the TV on. And I have to say that um, that Joy and I have uh, enjoyed recently some some quiet nights where there has not been TV or devices, and we've just talked about whatever happens to come up. And I have to say it has been... Fantastic. That's why you weren't texting me back. <laughs> Completely unscheduled, unscripted, uh, you know, real conversations, very calm, very kind. Uh, and it, man, it makes you feel so much closer to the other person. Right. I love it. So you have the right to your partner's attention. That's not only true of you, of your partner, it's true of your partner, of you. Right. They have the right to your attention. And that's what my example was, but I most certainly have every right to say, hey, Let's talk. Okay, good. Number two, you ready? I'm ready. You have the right to a partner who will try to work out your differences. Okay. That's it? That's all you got for me? Yep. Leave it right there. Okay. Um, you know why this is so important? Yeah, because you don't want to change them. You, 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 they're not, they don't need to change. They're different. They're not... They're their own. Per- I was sitting there in silence thinking about that because we always want to change people. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a a conversation, you know, people always want to fix it and always want to, you know, have a have an answer or whatever. Just no, like embrace the statement. It is what it is. Listen, be in the moment. Don't try to change me, my thought, my feeling, my action. I mean, within reason, of course. But I, Nathan Morris. I'm always going to be excitable, hyper, energetic. Don't don't try to snuff out my, out my flame. And I, as my relationships, my promise to you, Doctor Carroll, is I will not, you know, try to change you or Megan or. I hope, am I answering that? I mean, am I telling the way that I need to address it? Yeah, I know there's no right or wrong. My point is, is I hope I'm making sense. Yeah, and remember, differences themselves have dignity. Right. The goal is not conformity, uniformity, or similarity. The goal is authenticity and individuality. And it took me a long time to figure that out. The goal is not to have someone who is just like me. Even though our narcissistic tendencies that come very naturally create a romantic attraction to someone on the basis that they remind us of ourselves. Could you imagine? We end up expecting them to remind us of ourselves for the rest of our marriage. And we realize, oh no, they're individuals. They have their own self and it's distinct from mine in very important ways. And we end up making a shiv out of dried up Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so there's a, there's a band called Ben's Brother. Uh, they have an album called Beta Male Fairy Tales, on which is a song called I Am Who I Am. And in that song, the lyricist writes and the singer sings, I have to change so that you get to remain the same. Very powerful. Awesome. Great lyrics. Yeah, I'm all about lyrics. For me, it's the thing, of course, with words. I just love it. But Mm -hmm. it's so true that in so many relationships, one person's expected to change, affording the other person the privilege of getting to stay the same. And that is neither fair nor healthy. So you want a spouse who will be willing to be self-critical, self-reflective, and you have the right to a partner who will 
be willing to try to work out your differences. Not to agree, and not even agree to disagree. I don't even know what that means. That doesn't even make sense. I I'm never. I'm, we're just going to agree to disagree. No, no, that doesn't, we're, no. we're not going to agree to disagree. We're just going to disagree, I and I'm going to accept. I just didn't understand it, but I, I'm not. Just, I accept no. that we disagree on that. That's okay, and I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. But your partner has the right to someone who's willing to try to work out your differences too. So it's not just about the other person. This always implicates us as well. Ready for the next one? I think. You have the right to a partner who will share the load. Probably doesn't need much more said about that Mm -mm. one, does it? No. Discuss your expectations. Make expectations known. Then quickly reduce them. That's my that's my advice. That's awesome. Reduce your expectations because the more expectations you have, the more margin there is for frustration and disappointment. Reduce your expectations and have the conversation. Write down things that you know that you have to do, things that you have coming up. Divide them and try to track their completion so that together you are not competitive, but you are working as a team to accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished. You said margin for frustrations and not margins for error. That's interesting. Take note, people. I like that. The next one. You have the right to honesty about sex. Yep. What are partners <laughs> entitled to in the bedroom? As you will probably know and certainly surmise, sex is a language. It is a way that we communicate what is going on in the relationship. What's going on outside the bedroom in healthy relationships is almost always mirrored with what's going on inside the bedroom and vice versa. So if there is very little emotional connection, very little team-based collaboration on uh, a completion of tasks, uh, co-parenting, um, shared responsibility, mutual affection, then that's going to wound what happens inside the bedroom. And there are some couples that where this is not true. There might be a very active sex life and they have very little emotional connection, but there are probably other kind of pathologies that work there. In a healthy relationship, the one mirrors the other. And all of it is language. You have the language of service by assisting with the load. You have the language of attention by taking notice of your partner and really listening to them. Um, you have the the language um, of um, being willing to work out your differences, and um, you know that's all of that is emotional intimacy. Everything else that we'll talk about is emotional intimacy, and that is the fuel that sexuality runs on, especially when you've been together a while and those early days of mating rituals have gone away, evolutionarily speaking. We're no longer trying to capture one another by um, charm and romance, but now we're in real everyday life and we have jobs and maybe we have children and we have bills. Um, Sexuality, of course, uh, takes a different form. It's not sustainable to have that same level that we did when we were first together. But it's always going to be indicative of what kind of relationship we have going on outside of the bedroom. So if you want to enrich your sex life, you should enrich your emotional intimacy. And you have the right to be honest about all of it. And so does your partner. So I would encourage people to talk more about sex. It's something that a lot of couples don't talk about. And they just get frustrated when there's not enough or when it's not satisfying. 
um, and they wonder why doesn't it ever get better. And then when I ask in my practice, what 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 happened when y'all talked about it? Oh, well, we ne- we would never talk about that. That might be a problem. What if you never talked about, you know, the fact that your kid isn't doing well in school or that your dog, you know, ran away and now has rabies? What if we just never talked about it? Let's just pretend like it didn't exist. Ready for the next one? Yep. You have the right to affection. Yep. How do you get it? I love words. Ask for it. (laughs) Please give me affection. You know how you get it? Give it. it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Give affection, get affection. Give love, get love. People tend to show how they want to be loved by the way that they show love. If... Uh, my friends wrote a song, and the lyrics said, "If you need love, take the time and be love. Breathe it out. Create love. See how things can turn." I love that. Mm-hmm. I almost started to sing it, so I've, but it's a really good song. It's yeah. called "Be Love." I like it. I like it too. Uh, we also have to be clear about the type of affection that we that we seek. We also want to make sure in all this that we're not talking about needs meeting, because. My spouse's job is not to meet my needs. That's my job. My spouse's job is to be herself in the best way that she knows how. My job is to be myself the best way I know how. And the marriage's job is to make sure that we bring the best of those two people together and connect in emotional, intellectual, um, sexual, familial, even spiritual ways of intimacy. But it's not either of our jobs to try to make the other person happy because we can't, mm-hmm. because we don't own those feelings, the other person's feelings. So I can't make you happy. You can't make me happy. But I can do my best to create an environment in which it's conducive to your being happy. And I can do my part. Um, but we have to talk about it. We have to ask for it. We have to show it. And we have to be clear about what it is that we're asking for. Um, you know, if somebody might want you to uh, complete a load of laundry or take their car to get washed, somebody else might want you to come up behind them, wrap your arms around them and whisper you love them in their ear. You have to know your spouse. You have to study them and understand exactly what loving them looks like. Saying, you look beautiful or worse, you're hot. That is not what a woman wants God, to hear. I hate that. Um, especially women maybe who have heard that a lot in their lives. They don't want to hear that they're attractive. They want to know that you know that they bring a lot to the table besides any physical attributes at all, that they bring intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence, wisdom, um, parenting um, ability and skill, uh, just common sense. They need to know that you know that they are more than what it is that you see. And men are really bad about not being honest about that. Yeah. So, okay, ready for the next one? Ready. You have the right... To the benefit of the doubt. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. That you should expect that your partner is, for instance, telling the truth. Um, That your spouse is uh, doing his and her best. Best. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, you know... We should should strive to, to, to scan the relationship for what is good, what is positive... Uh, a little positiveness, uh, go, positivity goes a long way. Um, one particular researcher said it's easy to go down rabbit holes of perceived slights, but if we have a general view that our partner is loving 
and at a core, a decent person, maybe even more decent than they really are, then we have, um, when we do have difficulties, we're better at overcoming them. Sometimes we have to, in a sense, have this illusion of positivity, even in the midst of a very negative time. So, you know, a little bit of, I know that this person is not this way all the time. I know that this person, while making a terrible decision right now, is not, in general, a terrible person or a terrible decision maker. It's just a terrible decision right now. And we have to get past this and see the broader picture. That's giving you or them the benefit of the doubt that I think that, uh, that we, all of us, are entitled to. How do you think we get that? Get the benefit of the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. How do we get it or give it? How do we get it? I think we, I mean, that's the same answer as getting love or affection. You give it. You mm-hmm. give the benefit of the doubt. You be, you're, you're slow to anger. anger. And abounding in steadfast love. Yeah, slow to anger. That's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah look at that. Thanks. <laughs> you owe me a cup. That's fine. Uh, yeah, and I think also um, trying to get perspective. Like, okay, so I know how I feel about this circumstance, but how would a third party feel about it if they heard both sides? Yeah. You know, like it's really hard to get in the shoes of another person when you're really adamant about something. Like, you did something to me. You were late. You were supposed to be here. That's really inconsiderate. I'm really angry. You could say, there are all these circumstances that stacked up on me. I had no choice. We both have a side. How would a third party hear that? So it's really helpful, A, to have a third party. So I want to say a huge you know, um, thumbs up to people who are willing to enter into marital therapy um, to have that objective third party who's neutral and prefers neither people but stays connected to both, allowing the anxiety to drop and allowing the two people who are there to connect in an easier way. But even just to consider, okay, what would someone else think about this? Like, okay, what, what would a third party say about my spouse? Well, they would probably have a lot of really nice things to say about my spouse mm. and say, why are you so caught up on this? And I could probably benefit from hearing that. So I have to kind of engage that. So that's one of the ways to give and get that benefit of the doubt is to consider a third-party perspective on whatever has your um, your knickers wrinkled at the moment. <laughs> knickers, I love that. Lastly, you have the right Dr. to gratitude. knickers in a wad. You have the right to gratitude. Yes. You have the right to be grateful and your partner has the right to be grateful, and, and it's really important that we communicate those things to one another. Huh. So, given all of that, how do you think you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dr. Carroll. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, if you want affirmation, give affirmation. If you want something, you get. if you want it, you give it. Yeah. It's very, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's It's simply biblical. It's simply spiritual-based. I mean... You don't even have to be a spiritually focused individual to, I mean, that's just human decency. Do you know every religion of the world has the golden rule? Yeah, I know. And and many of them predate Christianity. No, I didn't. Isn't that clever? I did not know that. The Christians get it from Luke's gospel with saying of Jesus, but it appears in uh, literally all of the world's religions, hmm. some of which date back you know, thousands of years before Jesus. Huh. So it's conventional wisdom of the time. And uh, it answers the question, can people be moral without being religious? Absolutely. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you is not a particularly religious statement as much as it is just a really important moral one. Right. And uh, everybody has the power to do that. 
Yeah, and you listening have a moral obligation right this moment to click uh, that five star to give us that five star <laughs> review on your on your app, uh, whether it's Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Anchor.fm. Please be sure to do so. That was a good segue, wasn't it? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Talk to me a little bit about the the limitations that you uh, you have in your mind that uh, that limit what you believe and and how you you behave in your world as it pertains maybe to even relationships. And I sometimes think that I'm changing myself as I feel that I'm limited in that at times. You know, like, man, I'm 33 years old and you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not old. But my point is, is it's hard to be ingrained in a certain way of act acting for so long and then shifting that mindset, shifting that attitude, shifting that perspective. And I'm like, how many times am I able to shift do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I wonder how true is it that it's hard for us to shift? It's not. It's not because I have, and mm-hmm. I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't th- want to say the word lazy because la- that's maybe not what it necessarily is. I, it just, I think it's fear, but fear is lazy. It, what, you know, it all boils down to fear. Everything. We could literally, you'll die fearing is our is our new episode title. I mean, Fear and pain yeah. are the two, I believe, base human drivers. I just think that people are so scared all the time, scared of failing, scared of what this change or this shift will do to us or to others or to many. I mean, it's just... Do you remember those no fear t-shirts yeah, and bumper and people stickers? people wore them all the time and they didn't know what the heck they meant. And then it became ain't scared <laughs> in the southern states. You'd see bumper stickers that said ain't scared. No fear. I mean, a whole brand was made off of that. Yeah. Was it Nike? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> that was the No Fear brand. I have no idea, but I owned a, a thousand of the shirts. No fear. And we wore them. We wore them religiously, and we had no idea what we were wearing. And we were probably scared to death of the dark, scared to death to ask the girl out on the date, scared to death to change jobs. It's been said that the uh, the, the the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, both which make up the, the Bible for Christian people, Includes 365 exhortations. Do not be afraid. 365, it is said. Isn't that interesting? So one for every day. You're so quick. Like your math is like... I mean, that's not really math. That's just kind of ingrained in me since I was a little boy that there are 365 days in the year. But then when you have a leap year, doesn't something change? See, I don't know. And now I'm stumped. Now I'm dumb again. There you go. Something changes then. You have one fewer day. But I think every year is like a quarter longer and it compensates for that quarter of a day longer every year. Now you're getting all signed. I'm all excited about it because the Mars rover conversation, the opportunity rover has just... Didn't they just... It just died. Oh, it died? I thought they took it out of... Well, did they take it out of commission or it literally died? I think it died because they sent two Uh at the same time and one died like in 2009 and opportunity like is... It went until just recently and they were grieving it. Like this... It may be a machine, but... Like this thing's been sending images back for over a decade and now it's no longer there and it becomes a part of the planet that it researched. It's believed that because of the information that Opportunity sent back that the the temperature is warm enough to sustain moisture and life could be uh, sustained underground in Mars. So don't think that's not going to happen. Let's do it. Earth's going to become uninhabitable anyway. I just read an article where Switzerland is preparing for the um, glacier melt. Wow. So that there's, there are spots where water can roll. And it, because there are going to be people who are 
uh, geologically displaced as a result of global warming, rising seawaters. It's going to it's going to uh, flood out islands and low-lying sea areas. Could you imagine living on a boat for the rest of your life? I mean, if it was like the oasis yes. of the seas would be awesome. No, I can, I can imagine living on a boat. I would love to live on a yeah, boat. Yeah, I mean, if it was like a legit, like a luxury cruise line, yes. But <laughs> no, I'm, talking uh, like a a, I'm talking like a canoe. <laughs> no, I don't, I couldn't. I Could couldn't you imagine stand laying up. in the canoe? You're just laying there and you're like, oh, time to wake up. One time I went to Ecuador uh, and I, I got to, uh, to go on a, uh, a dugout canoe. It was literally a tree log that had a hole wide enough to stand in. And uh, native Quechua uh, Indians were paddling us with branches down um, the Warani River in Ecuador, where we met with some native peoples who hadn't really seen Caucasians before. And uh, that canoe, if it had flipped over, it would have been the end because there were large pythons and Amazon River type, you know, yes. environment. You'd gotten pulled to the bottom by some crocodiles. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah. I'm not good in those circumstances, but a houseboat, I'm down. I mean, yes, but if the world is engulfed in water, yeah. then I would assume that it would be... You whistled. <laughs> hey there, sonny. Well, uh, people are just going to have to go to higher-lying areas, like, you know, into the center of nations, and... It's so a, we're going it's to populate a, Mount oh, Everest. Well, that's not a bad idea. No mosquitoes up there. Yeah, but freezing anyway. Speaking of limitations, so the earth has its own limitations and so do all of we, all of us, sorry. That's okay. It was, You're allowed to be your... It was a nominative word when it should have been... Sorry, objective. I'm Nathan. I say dumb things. See, I took that for you. <laughs> I'd fall on the sword for you any day, Dr. Carroll. Thank you. I cannot move this microphone, ladies and gentlemen. It is still broken, and I'm leaning upward like a baby bird receiving food from its mother in the nest. I would like to hear how your marriage shifts as you take home conversations to your wife about your relationship's bill of rights. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to write this at you'lldietriumphpodcast at gmail.com and tell us how that happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we should do the same. Yeah, go ahead. We should come up with our own bill of rights for our relationships. That'd be hilarious to read mine and then to read Joy's. <laughs> Those would be really funny. <laughs> what if we had a podium and made a presentation? And uh, hear ye, hear ye on this day. And we all were, impre- we all were present for. Oh, yeah. And we were yeah. wearing period clothing yes, like period ben Franklin. Clothing. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the wigs and the gavel. I mean, I'm, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it right now. I'm playing that. Uh, I want to say that I'm going to work on this on myself because I think it's, um, when it comes to working on self, we will never be unemployed. I like that. So this is the work I'm taking. This is my takeaway from today's episode. I'm going to work on the Bill of Rights for my relationship with my wife. I like that. When we're working on ourselves, we will never be unemployed. That's right. Always plenty of work to do. That's awesome. I love it. Dr. Carroll, I love you. Thank you for all your insight. Hey, thank you. It's been good being with you. Looking forward to the next time. I'm Jonathan. I am Nathan. This is You'll Die Trying. Yes, you will. Mm -hmm.